On December 1st, a high-ranking Chinese executive from one of the world's largest communication companies stepped off a plane in Vancouver. She was meant to switch planes for a flight to Mexico. Instead, she was arrested and charged with violating U.S. sanctions. It's a move that further complicates the fragile relationship between the U.S. and China, and it could possibly prolong the already costly trade war. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Join me now from inside the courthouse in Vancouver, where the bail hearing for the woman at the center of this firestorm has been going on, is Bloomberg's Vancouver Bureau Chief, Natalie Obiko-Pearson. Thanks for joining us, Natalie. Great to be here. So who is Meng Wanzhou and what exactly has she been accused of? So Meng is the chief financial officer of Huawei Technologies, an enormous telecom equipment giant. She is also the daughter of the billionaire founder who's considered a national hero in China. She has been accused of conspiring to essentially defraud banks and making them unwittingly clear millions of dollars worth of transactions through U.S. financial institutions uh, of trade related to Iran in violation of U.S. sanctions. And how unprecedented is her arrest and these charges? Well, the, the arrest of individuals sought by the U.S. Uh, uh, sought for U.S. extradition is not necessarily unusual. There is close cooperation between Canadian and U.S. law enforcement, but such a high-profile arrest is very unusual. I mean, the way some people put it is: imagine if uh, you know the, the the daughter of the founder of Microsoft or Apple were uh, arrested somewhere and were was facing extradition. Charges to China. And what does the U.S. and Huawei have to say about these charges? The U.S. Um, well, one point that should be made is that this was a provisional arrest made in Canada, and the full details of the extradition request and the supporting evidence has not yet been provided to Canada. So mm. we have limited insight into exactly what kind of evidence supports the U.S. allegations. The U.S. has to turn that over to Canadian authorities within 60 days. China is outraged by the arrest. It has, you know, demanded that she be released immediately and has also threatened repercussions against both Canada and the U.S. for these actions. And Natalie, there's this ongoing uh, battle over her, her bail. What's at stake there and what are they saying? So the other argument made by the Crown is that she is essentially just a rich tourist to Vancouver. She has no ties to this country, so she has every incentive to flee Canada and get back home to China. Uh, they make the basis of these arguments on the fact that Meng uh, does have two houses here in Vancouver uh, valued at over 20 million Canadian dollars together, but she only keeps them basically as vacation homes. Her, her family spends a couple weeks out of the year here in the summer, uh, but otherwise um, they don't really have any ties to this country. Uh, let's dig a little into the complicated history between the U.S. and Chinese companies like Huawei and, of course, ZTE. Why is the U.S. so concerned about them? So what we do know is that in April, the U.S. Department of Justice in, opened a probe into Huawei to look at whether the company had violated uh, sanctions in, in relation to Iran. That echoes a very similar case earlier against ZTE Corp., a Huawei competitor, which was uh, charged in the U.S. and fined for uh, transactions related to North Korea and Iran. 
separately from that, there are more long-dated concerns um, in the U.S. that relate with Huawei's equipment. Uh, there have been concerns raised that companies like Huawei can essentially put a back door on their equipment that allows them to that would allow them to monitor communications in the U.S. And as a result, uh, the military has banned Huawei equipment on its bases. Uh, companies like Best Buy have also stopped selling its equipment and so forth. And so I could be a citizen of the United States with a Huawei phone or device, and the fear is that they'll be collecting the data of me and they'll be collecting information of where I am and, and using it as profit for a Chinese government. That's right. That is the concern, uh, but we do have to note nothing's been proven, and Huawei has strongly denied those allegations. And this is all, of course, coming in the middle of this U.S.-China trade war that's becoming pretty expensive. What impact does this situation have on those negotiations? Well, I think this this arrest really throws a spanner into all of that. Uh, It's an incredibly high-profile arrest. Uh, you know, from the Chinese view, it, it, they, they, they see it as politically motivated. You know, she was detained in on December 1st at Vancouver Airport while on a stopover, just as Trump and she were sitting down to dinner in Buenos Aires, um, supposedly sort of working out their trade differences. Um, the, you know, the, the, the controversy of over this, uh, it's difficult to see it as anything but negative for the U.S.-China trade relationship. Has it impacted it yet, or have the negotiations stalled by any means because of it? Well, I think early indications already are, uh, we, we've seen definitely on the Canadian side, because Canada here is also facing the wrath of China over this for having detained her. The federal government canceled a, a, a trade visit over there. The British Columbia province was supposed to send a forestry mission over to China, and they had to cancel that as well. Uh, and overnight, a former Canadian diplomat was detained in China. So we can probably expect more like this in the days to come. Is there any reason to believe, though, that in this ongoing trade war, that this was almost a move by the U.S. government um, to give a little warning, to saying, be careful what you do with us, because if you send your high-ranking executives, uh, we'll arrest them on, on charges that we find? Well, obviously, that's highly problematic if there is some sort of coordination between the Trump administration and law enforcement that should be working independently. On the Canadian side, you know, the, the, the prime minister's office and the foreign minister have been at pains to uh, to stress that this that politics is not a part of this and that they're staying out of it. And yet, of course, you know, the public perception is how can this timing be so coincidental? It's got to be related. Yeah, we, we heard um, John Bolton say after the arrest and after the Xi President Trump meeting that he knew about it going into the negotiations, but that the president didn't quite know himself, right? That's right. And that has been something that has, uh, you know, really angered a lot of people. I mean, even in in Vancouver here, we have a large population of Chinese. There's parts of the city where more than 50 percent of the population are of Chinese descent. And we've seen supporters out here out in the courthouse demonstrating in in support of 
Meng, those people have been saying, you know, how come we didn't get any forewarning of this? Mm -hmm. People like Bolton knew and the prime minister of Canada knew a few days in advance. Why didn't they say or do anything? If I'm a business executive from the U.S. and I'm headed to China, Natalie, on business, I'd be a little nervous these days. How valid of a concern is that right now? Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough question to answer. Um, you know, presumably, if you are doing everything legally, you shouldn't have any problem. But if for any reason any of your paperwork is perhaps out of order, you know, you don't want to give anyone the slightest reason to, 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 to detain you. I think that is the advice that I saw from a law firm uh, reacting to this arrest. So make sure your, your, your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed or else. That's, that's right. So what would the long-term ramifications be, Natalie, if a guilty verdict is to come down in this case and impact well, the tenuous U.S.-China relationship? I think for to begin with, we have to be prepared for a very long proceeding. We are very, very far away from any sort of a verdict. Uh, the bail hearing is the first part of a long process. Um, the extradition proceedings can take years in Canada. There's no guarantee that she would necessarily be turned over. Uh, and then, uh, even if she were, then there would be the proceedings in the U.S. to determine whether she is innocent or guilty. So this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. All right, Natalie, thank you very much. Thank you. Make sure to follow Natalie on Twitter. She's at Natalie Obico. That's a TikToker today. Thanks for listening. Please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. And you can get all your updates 24-7 at 